Hey there, and welcome to the daily podcast where wisdom smacks us with kisses or love taps. I'm Michelle Spiva, a wisdom strengthening coach, your host, and practical priestess of wisdom. Join us daily to gain wisdom and mental strength as we tackle innovative thinking, address emotional and behavioral life traps, and yes, provide you with some practical how-tos to wrap it all up. So settle in or crank up the speed 2x, whatever gets your mental processes firing as we dive in. Stay tuned. Whoa, I didn't see that plot twist coming. So you're saying that he died because he grew too fast and his internal organs couldn't keep up? Yeah, it was something like that. But it was still a good a good movie, right? Yeah. Hey, this is Michelle Spiva, your Practical Priestess of Wisdom. And I want to welcome you to today's podcast of Wisdom Smack. Mwah! So you know how we do here. You're going to see me on the flip. Yes, yes, yes. Uh-huh. And we're going to get into... Are you made to scale? It's going to be good, y'all. I'll see you on the flip. All right, you made it. Yay. Let's get into this. So today we're going to be talking about are you made to scale? And what I want to do is I want to set up what I'm talking about. And I actually kind of want to... um talk about uh, something kind of nostalgic. And it was the I Love Lucy show. And there is this famous scene with her and Elf, with Ethel and her, excuse me. And they have some kind of way gotten a job at a chocolate factory. And <laughs> they are left to man the conveyor belt of chocolates. And if you've watched this, you already know they can't keep up and the belt malfunctions, it starts going even faster to the point where Lucy starts eating the chocolate, sticking them in her mouth, sticking them in her top, and uh, trying to make like she can keep up. And to me, that is a perfect example of what a lot of people go through every day in their lives. Um, they are on this conveyor belt that they can't keep up with. And so when we talk about scalability, that's what we're talking about. Okay. So, when you look at the general term or the definition for scalability, it kind of means all parts in the right size in relation to each other. Okay, so remember that. All parts in the right size in relation to each other. Which means if we if we superimpose that on our I Love Lucy example, it would mean that she would either have the dexterity and movement to move as fast as the belt required, or she would have more limbs to be able to accommodate the um, the swiftness of the belt. So to be able to be scaled, she would have to expand uh, or uh, gain more limbs. Okay. All right. Stick with me. This is going to make sense. And in business now, in my world and in my, my line of uh, everyday things I have to always take into account when I'm doing things, when I'm working with clients, when I'm writing my books, you know, running my business, I have to look at scalability. And in business, scalability is that characteristic of a system. 
or even a model or function that describes its capacity and capability to cope with and perform under an increased or expanding workload or scope. That's fancy talk for saying. Even though it works um, here in the now, in the small quantities, how does it work when it has higher demand on it? Or if it works here, are there ways for you to attach more to it to expand its capabilities to do more? So again, when we talk about scalability, we are talking about the ability to expand, to accommodate more demands and pressures on, on the system, the function, or the model. Okay, so I hope you stand with me because that's the setup. All right. And so I still want to ask you, are you made to scale? Now, do you remember uh, when you were little kids, you know, action figures and all that kind of stuff and uh, or model planes or um, model cars or things in miniature? I remember going when I was a kid. I can't remember the exact name of the exhibit, but I I remember it was kind of like a something with Arama in it <laughs> that my parents took me to. And they had all of these miniatures of different cities and events, you know, famous history events, and everything uh, was tiny. And there would be little placards, little signs next to them, and it would tell you a ratio of its scale. And the scale was usually uh, something impressive, like it was 180th of something. You know, if you took the real life um, um, inspiration and put it next to it, it would only be that small fraction. And people looked at it in awe because of the great detail of how close they got it to how it looked like the real thing. And so scalability, when you when you think of it, think of it as um, whether it's up or down. But I'm going to tell you, there's something about scalability that people don't realize. And that is it takes work. It takes practice and it takes a know how and a wisdom to be able to scale up or down. And that's going to be our wisdom smack for today. And I'm still in my wisdom prep um, vibe these days of trying to make sure that I, I serve you as a good priestess serving under you, to you, you know, be, to be useful to you should do. And hoping to, that if you listen to this, you'll start considering, are you truly made to scale? Okay. So lifespan development. And I know I might sound like I'm, I'm hopping here, but I'm not. Trust me, I'm going to bring it all back together and it's going to make sense in a minute. But lifespan development uh, from the womb to the tomb, there is uh, something universal about how the human embryo grows. So the first thing after the egg is inseminated and all of that, we start looking like these big head little lizards with a little tail. And that head gets to be bigger. And it's a concept that's known as, now y'all give me a minute. It's a big word, okay? Uh, cephalocaudal. Cephalocaudal. Yeah. So it's called the cephalocaudal principle. And I remember studying it in uh, grad school. And what it means, that word cephalocaudal means from head to toe. 
And so that principle is a general pattern of development that from the earliest years or in the womb or whatever, the development usually starts from the head to the toe. And so you'll notice that if you look at little kids from the time they're born until maybe up until when they get into um, kindergarten, preschool, you know, maybe up to five-ish or so, their heads are the biggest thing on their body. And lifespan development shows us that this is so that they can, you guessed it, scale. Because if their little heads are the same size as their body throughout, their heads will not be able to keep up with the bandwidth, the um, neural transmissions and the electricity that it that it needs to fuel their bodies. And so they give the head a running start so it can always maintain and keep their little bodies going. And and so you'll notice that you have these little sayings where you have big head, little boy, big head, little girl or whatever. We just think it's the most adorable thing when we see these little kids and they have these big, bright eyes and heads and stuff. But it's by design because they need it because they are built to scale. So even nature, even biology understands the need for us to be able to continue to grow. Now, let me let me get back to this quote unquote scalability and some insights from having to look at it uh, through products, services, systems, models and the like. And one of the things that I have learned over the years of uh, building things, of giving counsel and consultancy to people when they're building things is that you cannot and I repeat. You cannot assume that just because something works at one level, that all of the parts stay the same to work at another level. In the A part, I talked about a um, show or or something where it was vague. I, I, I vaguely remembered it, but I do remember that the plot twist was that the person that everybody thought was fine uh, wasn't. And it was because um, it was either a man or a woman, but the, they had grown, they had a big bur- uh, growth spurt and they had grown so much that their internal organs hadn't kept up with how much they would have to grow exponentially to continue to do the job that the body was going to put on the organs. And so the person died. And I was like, oh, because it was a plot twist. You didn't see it coming. And that's the same thing with this whole made to scale. And I'm bringing this up because I now want to move into helping us get some better diagnostic tools to help us understand what is our scalability? How much are you really able to expand yourself, your influence, your productivity, uh, your calm, How are you able to expand scale to meet the demands and the pressures of what life is doing? And I am not going to paint with broad strokes here, but I am just going to give a quick little generalization because we don't have a lot of time. But I want to posit this and just sit it out there for us to consider that might it be that a lot of the angst, anxiety, panic, depression, 
hollow, voidness, aimlessness, shiftlessness, that uh, hopelessness that a lot of people have, apathy, it just keeps coming, y'all, uh, that a lot of people have might be due to the fact that they have a scalability problem. Maybe it is really time for people to embrace uh, growing their mental strength capacity to get larger than it is so that we can continue to to do like the little kids do, run our bodies. Uh, isn't it funny when you look at uh, some of the depictions of advanced civilization, aliens and science fiction, that a lot of times the way we perceive them is their head being larger than their body. And it might be our wisdom projecting to us that this is something that we're in need of. Another question for you. When was the last time you consciously tried to expand, grow, or strengthen your mental capacity and your wisdom capacity? And yeah, I'm not talking about playing math, uh, math games, Sudoku, uh, Sudoku, or any of that kind of stuff on your phone. <laughs> I'm not talking about that. What I'm talking about is... When is the last time that you consciously uh, took in more information through whether it be reading or uh, meditation or observe observation and not the normal stuff, the not the normal fare? I'm talking about the stuff that causes you to slow down because you have to grind through it and it takes time to absorb it. It's a challenge. When's the last time you knowingly did something to challenge yourself to think outside of or above your normal requirements to do your normal every day? And that's a question that is leading to where this is going. Are you really made to scale? Because as you can probably see, we are really being tested to see who is able to do this very thing and look past all of the low-hanging fruit, aka drama, and uh, and and be able to think and use wisdom and perform on a higher level to be more efficient and more effective with more demands. All right. And because we're very practical, I'm going to give you some, you know, practicality on how to start getting into scaling. So don't worry. I, I got you on that. I just kind of really want to plant that either a seed or water your seed or even harvest it and say, hey, it's time because it really is. And the wisdom smack is that good scalability for you and me looks like when you're able to handle increased demands, maintain or even increase your level of performance or efficiency or even deal with larger or more complex situations. And it's been reverberating through our society for the last five years or so, where there has been an uptick and an increase in the amount of people who have not only the, the, the ones you're familiar with of anxiety, depression, and all that other stuff, but intense migraines that happen all the time, and all of these things dealing with our head. Yesterday, I talked about uh, rock steady and how getting back into your body, finding your rhythm again, working with getting grounded so that you can help yourself with your mind and how, and I didn't really want to go there, but we did talk a little bit about the coronavirus that at this particular time is a thing. And if you're listening to this in the future, just suffice it to say, um, 
I still stand on the fact that we are responsible for doing as much as we can with the resources we have at the time. So if this sounds crazy and you're listening to this in the future, just understand I'm working with what I got. Okay. Um, But getting back to what this good scalability is, it's a requirement. It's kind of think of it as a not even uh, just an update or an upgrade. Look at it as a memory and processing expansion. You know how, well, I don't know if you know, but <laughs> when you want to get your computer to perform more, but you're not, you're not ready to buy a new one, and you discover that it has empty slots that you can put more memory in, more CPU capacity, and so you go to the little geeky squads, the nerdy people that, you know, that's what they call themselves geek squad, and you tell them, okay, put this stuff in there, and they put it in there, and you get your computer back, and you're like, oh, don't take as long to boot up. Oh, it can handle these uh, video requirements more. Oh, okay. And you can immediately start to see that's another example of scalability. And I'm just kind of like trying to say, yoo-hoo, your memory card is full. You need to expand. You need to be able to have a higher processing power because that's what's being required now. And everywhere you look, if you are, you know, still plugged into the zeitgeist, it's telltale signs of this throughout. So many people are being bombarded with the the screams, the demands that they process and that they think and that they have and form an educated opinion and that they move and do with a lot of information with a little bit of time um, to make important decisions that affect not only them, but the lives of their uh, local society, their families and friends. And it's getting kind of scary out there to think that there are a lot of people that don't realize that it's time to start scaling up. It's time to start doing what you can to expand your capability because that's what the new requirement is. And yeah, I just want to say that. So let's get into some of the practicalities, if you will, about dealing with, are you made to scale? Now, when I think about scalability, I always, besides the, you know, the I love Lucy thing, I always think about the action figures, the dolls and all of that. And I'm not into, I was not into playing with them when I was a kid. It just wasn't. But just looking at how we miniaturize uh, effigies of ourselves and, and how for if you say, so for instance, you want your action figure or your doll to be able to stand, how you have to weight and balance it. And it's more of the same. The parts have to match up. If you make the arms too long, it won't stand. If you make the head too small, it it won't look real or and it's never going to look real. But you know what I mean? It's, it, it won't it will look out of proportion if you make uh, it in actual proportion to the average person. It won't be appealing. And, you know, because like seriously, if you look at an action figure or a doll, you're going to notice that the torso area is shorter than the average human. And they usually tend to have longer legs and a shorter to- torso. Um, and this helps so that you can keep it from being so top heavy. And if you want to have mobility, 
you know, to be able to allow the the waste to turn and all of that. Can y'all tell I have watched too many documentaries? <laughs> so anyway, I mean, come on, you have to be able to laugh at yourself, right? But even looking at how we make replicas of ourselves and how we have to scale things so that they can perform and exist in real life, it, it just amazes me how that is not something that we are taught uh, to consider for ourselves. Now, there is this whole movement, and I'm going to be doing it in another podcast, um, but it's, uh, and I know I'm going to mess it up, it's Idikagi, and it's a concept out of Japan, uh, one of the countries with the longest uh, life expectancy, where their average person makes it into the three-digit mark of being 100 years old, especially if you're female. And what they do is, is they look at the fact that not only do they live longer, but they have an aging society. And so they are faced with ongoing or retraining. They don't like to call it retraining, but they are faced with giving people two and three careers in a lifetime so that they can still be uh, valuable contributors to society because they actually need to be because there's not a lot of young people able to bear the load of taking care of these people who are living way past what normal lifespans predict. Come on, let's face it. If normal lifespan predicts 80 and you're living two two plus decades longer than that, so that's, that's a bit much. And it's a lot of you, that's a bit much. And so they're faced with having to, you guessed it, learn how to scale these people up so that they can continue to contribute. I've seen things, and I've even mentioned it on here, where they have exoskeletons that a lot of elderly in uh, who still want to work outside do, and they wear these lightweight exoskeletons, and they're out there doing construction and doing the things that uh, a young person uh, would go home and have to soak in liniment, you know, to keep up with, with the manual labor intensive of it. And then also learning how to tap into what is going to be the best way to train them to do something different. And that's where that Adekage com- Kage comes from. And they, they have um, a beautiful uh, guide of how everything interconnects, kind of like a beautiful Venn diagram on steroids and um, how the real meaning of life is in the center, touching these different areas. And it's it helps to keep them in balance. And the balance of it is, is to have universal love, care, and support for for people. And so when it comes down to understanding, are you made to scale as it comes from this particular society who we are all uh, watching and learning from because they're dealing, they're the first ones to deal with an aging society that's living way longer. We're learning that good scalability comes from ongoing learning. And not only that, learning how to identify the cogs in your system and then work on those areas to sure them up. Now, the other day, I talked about a concept that happens when you are uh, overly um, skilled in something. It's basically called skill compensation. And what it what, what it says is, is people who are exceptionally good at one thing tend to be exceptionally poor at another. 
But what I didn't say was when you're scaling up, if it's a skill, it can be learned. And say, for instance, you're really good at analytics, but you're not that good at creative stuff and coming up with innovations. You might be very practical, recipe driven, but then you've done that for many years and they don't need any more cooks. They, they don't need any more recipe um, readers. Oh, they need chefs. They need people who are going to create the recipes and you're up <laughs> and, they, and they need you to do that. And so they start to require that. That's what scaling up requires, that you use different skills, you identify the cogs in the system that would prevent you from uh, progressing if they uh, continue to go unnoticed, untreated, and undealt with, and you start to grow new and different skills. So in our last few minutes, let me talk about some practical things that we can all do to start scaling up. And I've alluded to them, but the first thing that I want to say is, is we need to get into the habit of, of retraining and continued learning, lifelong learning. And when I say lifelong learning, not just lifelong accumulation of facts and knowledge, but lifelong skills learning. And, and when we talk about skills, we're talking about being able to put action to things, being able to do things that we might not have before. There is nothing to say that you can't uh, move from being an accountant to being a painter or in, I mean, I know those are the obvious, but just think of the different things that you can do when you start to realize that you've got to become scalable. We've talked about uh, the adaptability quotient and how important that is going to be and is right now. We've talked about so many different concepts and I know that it's a lot to, to, to take in and try to file away and be able to bring up at will. But I'm hoping that as we talk about this, looking at it from different facets and different things, as things will click and your wisdom will start to grow because that's what's uh, being demanded of us. Okay. And so I want you to understand that when you want to make sure that you are able to scale, one of the things you want to do is, like I said, look for those areas that have uh, not gotten much attention and maybe have atrophied and are have not been useful or are in use for a while. That's usually going to be the area where you have the stoppages and the hindrances. And going back to when you look at a system, a model, or a function to make sure it's as scalable as possible, sometimes you're not just making everything larger. You're specifically dealing with one thing. Let me give you an example. So say, for instance, a company wants to expand and it wants to be able to make more money. Thus, it needs to be able to handle more orders and make more things. And this is not just an example. This actually really happens. So say, for instance, you are a US based company and you sell widgets and you want to make sure that you get to a good distribution system and you sell more because you want to make more, which is really good, right? And you land a coveted deal with Walmart and Walmart places an order with you, the first order to try you out. <laughs> They're going to do it in a, in a, in just a region. And the first order they want is a hundred thousand widgets. And you're like, okay, you go, you secure your financing and you hire more people. You get more trucks to, to deliver the goods to the different locations that Walmart has. But one thing you forget is you forget that 
you're going to need more than one warehouse because a warehouse only has a finite number of spots and, and, and slots that it can feel running 24 hours a day to be able to supply. And so that would be a cog because even though you have the orders, even though you expanded the number of people working, the trucks that will take the widgets to the Walmart distribution centers, you still have a cog because you neglected to expand your ability to produce because you only have one warehouse. And so that's going to be some of the types of diagnostics you want to use in your own life. And too many times I see people, including myself, has happened where we get these bright ideas and we say, I want to do more. I want to do this and I want to do that. And we take care a lot of a lot of the things to be able to do it. But then a oversight, a neglect or a blind spot causes us to miss an integral part of the plan that causes us to crash or not be able to accomplish it. And then we're like, oh, no. We can't scale. And so we, we, we continue to get uh, constricted down to what we are normally used to. And I'm going to tell you, in our environment is not going to wait on you. It's going to demand that you're able to handle more. This is prep work. This is Mother Wisdom saying, I need you to get ready now because your life is going to change and you're going to have to be able to handle more capacity, more demands, more of everything. And so it's time to start evaluating where are the personal cogs in your system. And I'll just go on and say it. We spend our lifetime working on adjusting, growing, and even sculpting parts of ourselves to work together in harmony. That is called scalability. And that is one of the prime directives we have as human beings to grow and to produce and to do what it is that we can to work harmoniously in society with others. And these cogs that we have, they stop our growth and expansion. But this is the thing. When the demands come, that is the best time for you to be able to figure them out. Remember, the company didn't know that they had a glaring problem until they got the order from Walmart for the widgets. And so do not get upset when you get the call to scale, because that's a great time to get in there and be able to see where the cogs are in your system so you can fix them. Because without that demand for more, you might go a lifetime and never realize that that was part of the issue and part of the problem. And so when you are feeling that need, that call, desire, or pressure to grow and progress, you are being called to scale it up. You're being called to be more effective and efficient and handle more while you do it with grace. And Basically, it's calling you to get a big head, grow your head bigger so that you can manage the new needs of your body. Remember, uh, cephalococcal <laughs> principle is still in effect. You need a big head. You need it. OK, and um, hopefully you'll understand that this is not a curse. This is not a bad thing. And that this could be the very thing that delivers you out of anxiety, depression, um, uh, apathy, and all of those other things, because now you have a new challenge to scale and grow. And so guess what? Yeah, 
My time is up. I thank you for yours. This has been Michelle Spiva, your practical priestess of wisdom with another daily podcast of Wisdom Smack. Don't forget to check the show notes, share, like, comment, send me a, you know, if you want me to talk about something and guess what? You know it. I'm going to see you tomorrow. Talk to you later. Bye. And that's going to do it for today's podcast of Wisdom Smack with Michelle Spiva. If you like this podcast, please help us get the word out. Like, comment, subscribe, and even share. And if you really like it, please help us continue to get the word out by considering using this show's link for Amazon. So when you want to go to Amazon and you do all of your general shopping, Uh, please use michellespiva.com forward slash AMZ. It's simple as that. It doesn't cost you anything extra. And this show might receive a little bit of commission that will go towards helping to further get these episodes out to you and to others. So thank you so much for listening. This has been Michelle Spiva with Wisdom Smack. Bye.